Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. All right, what's up, Diviners? For the final time, this is our last review of Alex Ferris. Um, I'm Stephen, your host with Phantology Podcast, and I have a, my uh, lifelong friend Ben here with me to talk about Risen, book 12, and just kind of like thoughts on the series as yeah. a whole. Yeah. What a done. wild ride. This is crazy. I mean, all good things must come to an end, I guess, but... Yeah. yeah this is a fun series that we honestly kind of discovered this year um, yeah i mean probably heard of it before but you know you hear about a lot of books um in this in this business that we're in right <laughs> yeah. the big business of yeah fantasy yeah, book fa- reviews, urban fantasy book reviews yeah yeah exactly and so this one uh, made our way made its way up our list this year and i'm glad it did because i've really enjoyed the series uh, it's a fun series it's completed which is really nice because as I look at my bookshelf, like a lot of this series that I like, like there's very few that are actually complete. So it's fun to get an ending. Yep. And hey, if you're here, you probably agree with us because you've probably read all of them as well. So, you know, I guess we're preaching to the choir at this point. But yeah, yeah I mean, tell your friends about Alex Veris because it's a great, it's a great series. For sure. And I think a lot of people liked the ending. I think it was pretty well received. I kind of did a skim around the internet. Oh, really? I was just, you know, curious. curious. And end of the series, what do people think? I, my opinion was I thought it was pretty solid. Maybe, you know, a few nitpicks here few and nitpicks. there or whatever. Yeah, there's always a worst yeah. of the best. Right, right. Always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, what are we doing here? But I <laughs> thought Risen, um, for the most part, was a, was a solid, if not maybe safe ending. I don't, I feel like my main nitpick is it it's very similar to another fantasy series that ended, but I don't even really like want to say which one. I think I think you'll be able to guess. I'm 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 trying to guess. You know I've read it. Uh actually I'm not sure if you have oh, read gosh. this. Okay. So um <laughs> tr- I'll try to like vaguely hint at what it is when I when I get to that point. But I'm not going to say directly because <laughs> that would not be fair to people who haven't. Anyway, I th- I think that is just something that I I feel like I'd kind of seen some of these things before. Sure. Which is not like a bad thing in of itself. It's tricky to like end a series of revolutionary way. But maybe yeah. I would have gone like a little bit darker personally. Well, OK, so this is. It's interesting because I'll just kind of skip to the good part, right? Where we can kind sure. of talk about the ending because that's what we're that's what we're here for. So, yeah, yeah. I was I listened to this whole series. Great narrator. I forget I forget the name, but props to the narrator. Gil Gil Gilbert Jack. Something. Oh. No, not 
not Jacka. That's that's our author. Um, <laughs> Sander, it, yeah. Gilbert or Gilder? Some okay. I'm gonna look it up now. Okay, yeah. Well, okay, you can look it up while I'm telling my tale. And as you know, as happens in these types of situations, I was listening to it at like 12:30 at night. You know, because I wanted like you get to a certain part and you just have to finish it. And so I get to the end, but not the epilogue. So I get to the death and I'm like, you know what? That hits hard. So I'm just going to stop. I have 30 more minutes of the book left, but I'm just going to stop because I want to like process this and I will finish listening to it tomorrow. So you process the wrong thing. (laughs) So I process the wrong thing. And I just like, I I start, well, I started listening like a little bit into the epilogue and it was just, you know, like back at the shop. Right. And so I'm like, okay, this is going to be like a bittersweet ending where we're going to see all of Alex's friends, you know, continuing his like life without him, but honoring his memory by whatever. I'm like, that's a solid ending and I'm here for it, but I just can't, like, I just need to sit with this for a little bit. So I spent Mm. probably the better part of a day just under the assumption that Alex died at the end. So when you talk about the dark ending, I feel like I experienced that dark ending and I like this one more. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. So it, it is Gildart, not Gilbert, uh, Gildart Jackson. So oh. I was, I was close with the double. You had, you had the, you had it. The, yeah. the double Jack prefix on the suffix of the last name. Um, so which, which ending did you like more, the dark ending or the real ending? I don't know from like a literary standpoint, right? It's hard to be like, this one is better. But I like the one that Alex survives in because I just like I'm soft hearted like that. I'm not out okay. there, you know, <clears throat> I cannot write Joe Abercrombie books, you know, so sure. Not because I think that they're worse books, just because I prefer the endings where you get the happy, you know, happiness. Unless it's, well, sorry. I don't want to like spoil endings of other series. There's some endings where everybody yeah. dies, but you're still happy with outcome. You know, it's one of those. Right. Like, I feel like when everybody dies together, it's like, okay, well, they're all dead. So, and they achieve their goal. I don't know. It, it works out. But with this one, it's just, it would have been hard for Alex to sacrifice himself just so everybody else could be happy. So this is weird. Cause in our last review, I think you said you thought Alex was going to die. And well, I said, I will no, I said like I don't think he's gonna die. I hope he survives and I hope it's kind of like bittersweet. Did I, I say hope he, he I hope it. he dies? No, you thought he was gonna No, I but, thought he was going to. That doesn't mean no, I no, wanted him to. Yeah, yeah. No, no I'm just saying I okay. personally took the stance of I don't think he's going to. And I also think I said I don't want him to. And <laughs> I don't know, maybe you caught me at like a, a moment of soft heartedness or something. <laughs> Because I, I think I would have preferred the, the preferred ending the where he ending. actually died. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like by writing something in an epilogue, you can choose which way you want it. <laughs> because the thing is, like, I, I don't know if Benedict Jack is ever going back to this world. I guess he could, but I think I'm, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to, yeah. like, bring back Alex Varus for the next I could see him adventures. doing, like, some short stories for, like, a Christmas present to the fans or something, you know? Yeah, but, something like that. Yeah. Sure, yeah. But it's still kind of like a bittersweet enough ending where Alex is off doing his own thing and he's kind of in exile, right? Like, yeah, but he's kind of at peace and him and Anne are okay. Like, it's not a total disaster. Sad it's, ending. Honestly, though, it's it's what Alex always wanted when you think about it. Like, all he ever wanted was to be left alone with his friends. His friends can come visit him as they please. And he's with the woman he loves. So it's like. From Alex's perspective, I feel like 
he got what he wanted. You know what I mean? He got he got what he wanted. Yeah. Agreed. I think that he had to walk down a darker path than he would have chosen to. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't know if I'm convinced that he actually to get what just because he was the narrator, we're supposed to overlook all the terrible things that he did and be happy with it. I don't know. I don't know. I well, here's the thing. It does it depends how much you believe can be pawned off on the fate weaver, right? Because it, it kind of did spend some when he when oh who is he having that conversation with? With Luna. Uh he kind probably, of said Oh, Luna. I realized after our conversation that I you know, really went off the deep end after I came back with Fate Weaver, and that was yeah. when I started. And he and he said, "I don't want that anymore," or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. It, it depends, like how sympathetic you find that. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, sound like did, you find it very sympathetic. He he did some things that are tough to forgive. Before he got the Fate Weaver, I think I think he just with with Anne's fate in the balance nothing else really mattered to him at that point yeah yeah but also it's tough because Anne's fate was very much tied to like the fate of the world type thing mm-hmm. so it's hard to i think he probably cared more about Anne than he did about doing these altruistic things sure i i think that's true but he also had to stop richard right and so what was he supposed to do like if he wouldn't have done those things to rescue Anne. Chances are oh. Richard, either Richard would have won or the Jin would have won. So you, do you think with Alex's character, if Anne or if Anne or any of his other friends, like if their lives were not directly tied to the outcome, would he got have got as directly involved in the war between Richard and the council? Or would he kind of have tried to like stay back? I think he, he definitely, I think he would have tried to stay back. But the thing is like, for for several for several books now, his fate has been tied in. Like previously, he was involved because if not, he had the like the doom of the council and Levistus placed over him. So he never really had the ability to actually make this choice. He always had to play along. Yeah, that's on that's either side. Of, yeah, I was thinking back to the first book, right, where everybody was kind of trying to recruit him, and he basically told him all to kick rocks, right, until he uh, felt like he was uh, pressed into it. So mm-hmm. I have a feeling that he probably would have told him he didn't want to be involved, but then somebody on the council, as they do, would try and find some leverage over him to to make him do it. Or somebody or Richard would have. I mean, I don't yeah. think he was ever he was he was neat enough that I think somebody would have tried to press him into it. Although it does seem like the council has access to other diviners and they seem like they can just kinda come in, do some readings for the council and then like go on their merry way. So maybe that could have been his input. Yeah, but the council had a lot of kind of petty grudges against him and they don't have other diviners who are as connected to Richard as Alex. Is. There's enough like special reasons why Alex got pulled in. I mean, I thought the plot through the whole series was like it all it all worked. It all it made, all worked. Yeah, there's no, there's yeah. no like glaring plot holes or anything. No, right, right, right. But I do think it's tough to like completely judge Alex's character because at every turn he was not able to like make a choice without I see what really saying. bad compulsion of you know consequences hanging over his head right yeah so it's hard to it's hard to hold him accountable when he had it was between yeah. a rock and a hard place for every everything they right decided. right right yeah so it Which sounds I mean, like makes you... it, it, <laughs> yeah it makes for an interesting story but it also makes for a story that like 
us living our cushy lives where you know we don't have our our lives or or the lives of our loved ones threatened like ever yeah it's just like hard for us to relate or make like judgments on his character so i will say what about because i think that that's true in the big picture but what if you like zoom down to basically him i'm gonna say he killed caldera or you know or the kind of ruthless attacks that he kind of started doing after the fate weaver because those like he could have probably found a way to immobilize caldera or he mm-hmm. might have been able to find a way to rescue Rachel or, but he, it, it seems like he reached a point, And I think that point was after he got the fate weaver that it was like a one strike year out, year out policy. Whereas I know he did that same thing with the night stalkers, but he gave them like a ton more chances and they were like, yeah, on the wrong side of things just blatantly uh-huh. versus like Caldera. She was just doing her, her job and it's not like he she even ever like threatened his life, right? She just threatened his freedom. So, uh, what do you think about that? Because I, I agree with you on the big picture, um, those decisions, but on the small picture, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more black and white. I feel like. Do you think there could have like in the Caldera example, like you're? I'm assuming you're talking about the fight in the second class in yeah. Forged, right? Yeah, in Forged, where he basically tried to kill her, and then and. Possess or like cause her to be possessed, and then mm-hmm. that even that sealed her fate, right? Right, right. Yeah, I, may, maybe there were some moments throughout the, especially the last few, where he could have been less ruthless. I think he stopped. Yeah, I think he definitely lost track of his humanity a bit and stopped caring and just. Focused. So I guess that's that's what I'm asking or, the, yeah. you though is like because I hadn't thought of your uh, big picture kind of absolution of his sins or whatever because he was being forced to do it by powers that be because i was just more focused mm-hmm. on the fate weaver being the answer to it and i feel like that uh-huh. still does work for the small scale decisions that he was making the you know where he had the choice capture or kill and he chose kill 90 percent of the time after he got the fate weaver you know what i mean mm-hmm. whereas before he might have chosen capture uh-huh uh-huh. yeah do i guess it's that's compelling like, or i mean i don't know like could he have gone a different way with caldera and still felt like he had a good enough chance for um you know the other things he was trying to do work out maybe i i don't know it's kind of tough to like as a book reader to judge (laughs) if this was really possible or not right sure yeah (laughs) yeah but it is an interesting discussion like if your free will is compromised enough like how how accountable are you for right misdeeds yeah and if you basically chose to have that compromise right because he knew i mean Alex knew that imbued items tend to assert their dominance, right? So, <clears throat> you know, he he chose to kind of give up, yeah, or take that risk. I mean, he told, didn't he say that to Anne? Like, you had your the foremost expert on imbued yeah, items. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was right like, oh, here, like you're a little high horse. On yeah, like, well, because you're a shopkeeper. Yeah, but kind of ironic, right? Like, yeah, okay, like Mister Expert on imbued items. Like, let's check out your arm right now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Your heart is literally about to be consumed by this. Yeah. Yeah. What about, okay. What about how cool Landis's character ended up being? Like I was so team Landis. He was awesome in this book and has slowly like gotten cooler. I think he might be the most unique character of the whole series. I think we, this series definitely would have been stronger if he was a bigger part of it from earlier on. Like we have kind of, one of our main negative talking points about the series the whole time has been like and the council wizards are kind of lame but landis is super cool 
and I <laughs> wish we would have seen more of him and like you know let's get his backstory a little bit let's get a, a novella about Landis I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah Landis is, is awesome and yeah I'm totally with you yeah and then I must admit I was like <laughs> hoping that Sonder would find a way to be redeemed but I'm kind of glad that he just after taking the coward's way out one too many times I'm kind of glad that it caught up to him eventually. Yeah, I think this was a good. Like, you don't want to kill too many of your main characters, right? But you you want to have in the last book or books, you want to have some impactful losses, right? Like, yeah, you want the I, I, Fred or George. Yeah, I, I was also thinking was. of. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. remember either. But as a twin, I'm going to tell you, as a twin, that hit deep when I was. <laughs> when yeah, I read that. it's like, oh my gosh more of an impact on you than the <laughs> usual reader <laughs> yeah when you're reading it is that josh that's dying or is it is it you that's dying oh dude i don't even know i forget i don't know it's funny because i think the one that didn't lose the ear was the one that died right and so i think that we had like gone back and forth when we were reading it because it was like haha you got your ear cut off and then like the opposite one ends up dying i remember that <laughs> being a thing it was like oh crap i just like doomed myself nice uh, but yeah, Sonder, I think, was a good choice for someone to die, but still, you know, to give you the emotional stakes, but still not be a main, main character that's going to wreck the plot and, you know, and, and really, like, have readers come after you. You can't just kill everyone indiscriminately or that's, yeah, you know, kind of a crappy ending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, especially when yeah. the series hasn't been set up. Too. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we knew going in, I think... Alex was a question mark if he would survive. Obviously, we talked about this and, and you know, down to the very end, he was a total question mark. But I didn't really think any of our other, like, main main characters would have would yeah. have died. Like, someone like, you know, if Luna were to die, like, no. Yeah, it's like, just like, you know, that's, come on, Luna has yeah. lots of life left to live. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I could have seen Varium not being rescued. Yeah. That would have been acceptable, but. I think Varium is, yeah, he is enough of a side character where he could have died and I don't know how I don't know how popular he is with fans, but like for me, he was a kind of a B tier character, so I would have been yeah. okay with him dying. Yeah. Okay. One kind of I think we've run through most of our main characters. Well, I want to one thing I want to make sure to ask you about is what you thought about the the fact that the Jin were like the main the big bads right of the of the ending mm, because yeah. I feel like I was expecting Richard to be more of a boss you know, and yeah, and then it, I mean, I, I get the feeling, I think that it works because it's like the whole, oh, evil scientist loses control of his creations, right? I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of the archety- archetype that we're going with here, but I still wanted Richard to be more, I don't know, like, yeah, no, yeah, I was a little disappointed with Richard's performance. And I think I was also a little disappointed with how easily the djinn fell, right? Like, all, it, it seems like there's just kind of this they're like like a glass cannon until they thing. until they weren't yeah a little yeah, bit a glass cannon it was just i mean it it kind of makes sense like the there's a reason why the djinn aren't in power now like they lost they lost their fights so we just with humanity get... back then so like yeah why would they defeat why would they win now they lost back then so but i kind of wish we had more of that lore than i don't know it just seemed it seemed like that part was a little lacking like all of a sudden there's like this world world ending threat that just kind of pops up on the scene and then cast mm-hmm. a pokemon ball at them and then they're gone you know yeah yeah or rub a magic lamp and they get sucked in yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay. a lot of right 
yeah. I think what worked was the combination of Richard and his forces versus the council versus the gin, like all of that bouncing off of each other. That worked. Yeah, a, yeah. A really super, compelling, like super exciting yeah, climactic yeah. battle. Yeah. But when you like focus in on any one of the different forces, you're like, this is the this is the big thing. I guess yeah. I was maybe expecting Richard to be to, to, at, at the very end, like we defeat, we think we've won. And here comes yeah. Richard and like he's sucked up the gin power or whatever. And he's super evil and super powerful. And so I don't know, like the council's got to come help out uh, something, but something yeah. to kind of make Richard a little more evil, nefarious, powerful. Yeah. And I think I agree with, I agree with that. And then to, but to kind of play devil's advocate about, I guess my own point, it is cool that you kind of realize that Richard had really been smoke and mirrors the whole, th- the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. Where sure he's powerful, but he had kind of kind of like Alex was doing, kind of like built himself up to be this larger than life figure. And then once Alex kind of put a few pieces together, he just figure out how, you know, the weakness and then exploited it. Right. So I, I do like that, uh, how because it, it kind of shows you how it, it, it plays on the trope that you don't have to be the raw like you don't have to have raw power to achieve success right you can be mm-hmm. totally evil and conniving and make your way to the top just as easily as a all-powerful gin could be you know super powerful but also fall to to their hubris yeah yeah i like that i mean i did like it i just i i think we both kind of felt there there should have been something more that richard had up his sleeve or something yeah i think it, it's kind of ironic that before i was complaining about it being too safe but like the ending that i described is like how it always ends yeah with the and then it didn't you know, that way. in the in the yeah. big epic battle like we thought we'd won and then the villain like had one more thing that he yeah did, right yeah what did you think i i one thing i really liked that richard did do was just gave alex the choice to take on and walk away you know he's like look because it's totally a richard thing to do right be like i'm mm-hmm. not gonna hold a grudge just to make life more difficult for for everybody here just you take your thing, I'll take my thing, and we can just like part ways. You know what I mean? I thought that was actually actually a really cool thing that Richard did because it does make him feel a little bit more sympathetic, almost right. Because from his perspective, it's like he had this whole plan, and you know, like Alex is just coming and screwing thing up, and to just kind of walk in and be like, "Look, it's just part ways," you know. Mm-hmm. And Alex kind of realized, well, if I do this like ten years from now, we're just gonna be doing this again. Yeah, but I mean, he also knew that it was it was like a you know flip of a coin if he was going to be able to defeat Richard. Mm. You know, he kind of made the choice. Yeah, to but maybe I think he. Anne. Yeah, I guess Anne was not. Yeah, Anne was not necessarily like safe or dead. But Alex himself was like, "Doesn't matter for me. Like I'm yeah. gonna die here." Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we had a phantology guarantee last episode. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the dress. <laughs> yeah. That was, again, one of those things where I think we were right. It did play like a pivotal role, but mm-hmm. a healing spell. Eh. I, yeah, we were thinking that it would do something to unite and like, yeah, Anne and Anne and regular Anne and dark Anne and kind of heal that rift. And it turns out the unification there was just like Alex telling him to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can say that their unification almost killed them and that's why the the healing was 
Well, the healing was like Alex used the dress, right? No, I think that Alex, I thought Alex triggered the dress to kind of jumpstart in so that she could come to his rescue. Keep in mind, I was like listening to this at 1230 at night, so I could have missed this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure what happened was Alex was like dying. And like, no, he was using the fate weaver to like, like iron, like, well, him, like pump his him and him heart. and Richard were him and Richard were fighting and he was like getting the upper hand and then his heart gave out. And so he like was able to use the magic from the dress to like give himself one more charge. That's that, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Okay. I thought he just was dying until he reached out, triggered the magic in the dress and then Anne got up a second later. Yeah, right. Triggered the magic in the dress to like heal himself or like give himself another zap of energy, whatever. But it and also then, and then no, and then Anne did get up. Okay, so, so you're saying oh. it was both. You're saying it was both. I thought Anne just kind of like got up because I, I think enough, she got up because she started being healed. <laughs> uh, I thought she just got up because like enough time had passed or whatever, and she was uh, uh, maybe it, did it heal like both of them? I thought it, I, my impression. Okay, th- maybe we're, I missed we're gonna, that. We're, yeah, maybe tell us in the comments. I guess like what? Yeah, because. My impression was he just was like, I'm going to, I'll probably die, but I'll, at least I'll save her and she, she'll she be able to kill. Hmm. Maybe, yeah, maybe it healed both of them. Or maybe it was just Anne. I, huh. Let us know if it was just Alex, just Anne, or both. <laughs> or, both. <laughs> or neither. Maybe maybe it just, Arachne no, just no, no, screwed no, the bridge. It for, sure, it for sure wasn't neither. It was, it did. It you did need something. the option on the multiple choice test, okay, Steven? Yeah. No, it was... I was a little disappointed when when there was a sentence where Alex was like, maybe it's the dress that's going to save the day. Because as soon as he thought that, I was like, oh, man, like, it's not going to yeah. be a dress. <laughs> yeah, well, he, the moment you said that, knew, I thought I, he I knew thought it too was, easily. Yeah, he, he didn't know it too easily. And I was I was bummed that we didn't get like a, a showing from Arachne a little bit. Yeah, some kind of cameo or something, but. Again, it there just really needs to be sense. like there just needs to be a short where they're doing like Christmas at Arachne's. Like this needs <laughs> to be a short story. Well, yeah, but she's so far forward in time. I don't know. She just comes back after the threat's done. You know? <laughs> I guess. I mean, it made it seem like she was. I think the Arachne thing was handled well. I do too. I do too. I was just it's it's pulpy. I want the pulp. Okay. Are you just going off because there's like a Dresden Christmas short story? Yeah, I think I don't. Th- I don't think I've even read that one though. I, I mean, there's there's all there's like a a Christmas story for Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a Christmas Star Wars Star Wars episode. Heaven forbid you mm-hmm. watch that. But there's it's just part of the pulpiness of it, right? Where you get like characters together doing things uh-huh. that those characters together don't normally do. I, it's it's similar to how like the scene of I think it was like the third book or something where they're just like hanging out playing Settlers of Catan, you know, and you just you want to see that type of slice of life, like Leg- Legends and Loyalties or whatever. Uh huh. Style. I think that's the fourth book because yeah, it's definitely the the Night Stalker book. Okay, okay. Because like, no, it is because yeah, it's it's that's like the last the time when comet. okay, it's the last <laughs> time when Saunders around after that. Okay. It, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. It's not the point of the comet. Yeah, actually, <laughs> well, actually. you are you are mistaken. <laughs> no, good point. Yeah, we all love Christmas and we love um, characters gathering around the Christmas tree. We all we all wanted to hear the happy Christmas, Alex. Happy Christmas, and <laughs> yes, we all. I want to see what presents they get too. Anyway, yeah, we're going for we're sure going far off the rails now. All right. So, other than characters, um, I mean, 
the plot of this book was essentially big destructive battle. And yeah. I think we kind of figured it would. I think one thing for me is it maybe would have been cooler if part of the battle was in London rather than all in the shadow realm. Cause I feel like London is such a setting for the series. Yeah, that's true. Could've, Good point. Like battle in phases, <laughs> you know, I mean, there were phases to the battle, but it was all in the shadow realm. But the Shadow Realm with, you know, it was being closed off because of the crazy wild magic that was going on with the portal. Like that was all pretty cool or not portal, but whatever they call that. Um, I also thought that was cool like that, but also it didn't really affect anything like with with what they're well, talking about. The part I mean, of it, it added some urgency to it because they well, had okay, yeah, to. Yeah, sure. Like, it, it added some urgency, but I was I was thinking that people were just going to start floating around or can like spontaneously combusting or something oh well didn't they just say that whatever was going did they say all of those things could happen or just like some things and in this they case... just said nobody really knows like the isolation thing yeah or whatever was gonna rewrite the laws had the ability to re- rewrite the laws of physics i just think there could have been like a cool scene where that type of stuff was happening where like alex was using his divination to avoid like being turned yeah. into a lobster or something you know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> turned into a lobster yeah i feel like that's more of a sanderson type thing to do where like, even, what yeah. if what if all the laws of physics didn't apply what would happen to my but, magic system that's already made up yeah i i i think that did add some cool urgency to it i also like the way that the adepts were handled right where alex got them out scott not scott free but he negotiated their release i thought that was that was cool what do you think about um G Young becoming like Yeah. Okay. I didn't I, I, was, I didn't love that. See, I, I really liked it because okay. it shows that Alex still had the core part of himself that we right, because I mean it 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 was the Alex that kept on like collecting wounded birds or whatever, you know, and, and was trying to help them turn their life around. I mean, that's the okay. same thing he did for for Anne and Varium and Luna. And he tried kind of to do a Sonder too, or what, you know, it was the, I can be some type of mentor to this person that needs it. So I'm going to do it just because that's the, right. so yeah, I think that okay. fits squarely within his character. And I think that he kind of realized that it was the right thing to do because it like connected to something deep inside of himself. That's good. I like that. I didn't really think about thematically. I just thought it like from a series perspective, just seemed kind of strange that all of a sudden yeah. we're in the last and we're in the last book. And this and it's new not like character really is like, anything. yeah, yeah, she's like, just kind of around like, or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, I like that Luna was so much a part of it, but I don't know. I feel like she should have been. Re- I don't, but I don't know what other character would have fit there. But at the same time, it's just like I don't even know who this person is, and she's around for the final <laughs> battle. Like, what is this? What, what one thing that's kind of funny is I'm thinking about like, okay, I mean, I guess this is spoilers or whatever, but there's a big battle that happens at the uh, end of Wheel of Time. And that whole battle is one single chapter, but it's like 200 pages. And I love that this whole book was a battle, but it was like a whole book, right? So like, instead of like the classic Wheel of Time type fantasy where they just like stuff everything in a book, but they can make one chapter 200 pages, like contrasted with a book that, with a series that's shorter books. But anyway, Mm -hmm. so in one case, it's a whole book is a battle. In another case, it's a chapter that's a battle. (laughs) I mean, the last battle in the Wheel of Time is in like stages as well. But yeah, you're right. There is a chapter entitled The Last Battle that's like 200 yeah. pages long. Yeah. 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 No, that that is a good that is a good dynamic. But it, it was cool that this whole book was just set up. 
the whole series was leading to this book and this battle and it was just like nonstop. I, I did like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we'd seen shadow realms, you know, we've seen them a lot of times. We saw, there were a lot of callbacks to previous yeah. books. The, the monkey's paw from the second book, the fate weaver was obviously from the first book. Um, I'm sure there were elements from different books. I'm probably not going to, I'm going to make a fool of myself if I try to go through and list them all off, but there were enough pieces from all of the different books where it felt like the culmination of the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like Alex, I mean, he did get like a big step up when he got the fate weaver. Right. But apart from that, it seemed like it was, he was kind of marginally improving every, every time, every book, every battle that he had. Yeah. And needed, like he definitely needed to take a big step up if we were to actually believe that he could have a chance in this fight. Yeah. Although Richard was pretty powerful before he got the gin, right? I guess we don't really know when he got the gin. I right? I mean, I assume he got it when he went through the portal. I think so after... too, but at the same time, he gave Rachel a gin before that. Is that before? I thought oh I go. I thought he But I guess hmm. A good question because he was gone for a long time and I don't know. Because yeah, Rachel was totally crazy for a long time. And yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I did not think about that before. How does that work out? I'm I mean, sure Rich, Richard could have, who knows how long he was gone. Like he could have been back and like still no, but, but Rachel slash Delio believed that he was not back. Like she was guarding his mansion and everything. And she was crazy before then. Hmm. Maybe she was already kind of unhinged and the gin just made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. But again, I actually like that. There's some questions like that because it gives you a reason to reread the series, right? Where it's, yeah. It, I wouldn't hate rereading the series. I don't know if I would do it right away, but if there's like a, a TV ad, a, a adaptation of it, which I would love, I would probably go through the effort of rereading everything. Yeah. Yeah. No. So would I. So yeah, I, I think, I guess, uh, final thoughts on the, you, you want to put a bow on this whole, on our read through the series and thoughts on Alex Ferris? I mean, I guess. Personally, I love the series. It got me. It was like a super fun summer read for me. I think I read the whole thing um, during my break between my uh, first and second year of law school, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. I start school tomorrow again, and so it it just worked really well for my um, summer. I will be recommending this book widely to a lot of people who <clears throat> enjoy reading, but they they don't love the long epic fantasy books that i tend to gravitate towards a lot of the time yeah. so i'll be recommending this book a lot and then also i'm excited because we just uh, both of us just finished reading the first book in benedict's next series um inheritance of magic and i'm really excited to see where he goes on that series i really enjoyed that book so it's kind of like both an ending and a beginning for me right now so i guess that's my my ending uh my bow on that yeah i mean i maybe what this means is we need to find more series that are complete that people <laughs> talk about and actually read them instead of saying like i think sometimes we get into this attitude of like let's read the latest thing coming out because it's the latest and greatest but at the same time there's like lots of other series that have already been finished and maybe we should read those <laughs> yeah yeah that's true yeah i'm reading a uh, fonda lee's Greenbone books right now and that is concluded and I'm reading the third book, and uh, so I can actually have another series. That's that's there you go. Yeah, nice. Another highly recommend. 
I I've started the first book in that series two times now and bounced off of it. Hmm. Dang. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe not. I, not because I. Everyone, but I kind of I I do want to do it. It's just uh, never. We're not reviewing that book right now. And I know that there's yeah. a lot of people that really love it. So I'm not saying. Well, I don't wanna, like, Dan Dan Wells said it was his his uh, second best book. Fantasy his, book. Yeah. Yeah. Best fantasy book ever written. Yeah. Well, Dang. <laughs> who am I? Who am I? To question the the tastemaker that is Dan Wells, I don't. Dan you know, Wells, I would yeah. Not, I would not dare to do that. <laughs> Dan Wells, I'm sure, is a good guy. We're just joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Well, Ben, thank you for going on this journey with me. Uh, we're gonna have an interview with Benedict coming out in the next little bit here. So yeah. I look forward to that. We're gonna I, we're gonna try to ask him some spoiler book twelve questions. So yeah. Oh yeah. We know come up with some good ones. Yeah. Actually, I think this episode is going to come out before we or sorry we'll put, after we'll post we actually it on interview we'll post it on discord asking for some good questions oh i already I already did that oh, discord shoot. people you know get the first crack at it i was going to open this up to youtube comments for you know if you yeah yeah anyway uh yeah check out our interview with uh benedict that will be on you know same places and uh we'll see what he says about some yeah some hard-hitting yeah. alex Ferris questions journalism right now and Steve, yeah. I'm just going to point out, it was Josh that started this journey with you, but it was me that ended. So just just remember that whenever you're thinking about who your favorite twin is between the two of us. So Josh is the dead twin. I, listen, I'm just saying that he has not been here the past two years. I know he's still reading. So Josh is dead to me and Ben does not have an ear. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, on that note, that's, that's a wrap <laughs> for Alex Ferris. Sounds good. Thanks, All dude. Right. As always, thanks for listening. See you later.